are back with a 2024 first our first episode of 2024 uh, season two episode 16 it is january 11th 2024 and there has been no shortage of something to talk about <laughs> in the last <laughs> <few> weeks <laughs> Yeah, they're yeah. like, 2024 is our year. Hey, no, it's not. Woo. <laughs> man, I bet you there's some people hurting right now, especially some Bama fans, man. They're uh, probably sweating it right now. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Uh, kind of came out of left field. Yeah? You didn't think he had a chance of retiring? I figured he'd come back for one more year with a lot of his uh, kind of players coming back and, you know, the way they put this season together. and you know, kind of ride the momentum going into next year and, and see what would happen. Yeah. Well, for you guys that probably don't know what we're talking about, you probably do. Uh, Nick Saban's retiring from University of Alabama after 28 years of coaching. Uh, shoot. There's not a, there's so many stats you can talk about. He had a one year at Toledo where he went nine and two, five years at Michigan State where he was 34 and 24. Uh, five years at LSU, where he was 48 and 16, and then spent his last 17 years at Bama, where he went 206 wins and 29 losses. His SEC record was 120 and 18 with nine conference championships. Uh, so his total was 369, 369 games, 297 wins, and 71 losses with one tie. And of course, somewhere in there, he's bounced back from the NFL with the Browns, with the Dolphins. Uh, so he didn't have a full, his full career wasn't just college. There was some NFL hiatuses there. I think maybe four with the Browns and two with the Dolphins, I think. So all in all, great career. I mean, the landscape's definitely going to change uh, for the college level. And, and what, what, what's next from here? I saw an interesting stat to kind of add in to um, what you're talking about with this Alabama record. You know, he had uh, more first-round draft picks than he did losses at Alabama. 44 first-rounders. That's a good stat. <laughs> Doing something right. Yeah. And then only 29 losses at Bama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think overall, I think with his other uh, Toledo, Michigan State, and LSU, I think he ended up with 49 first-rounders in all. So under his coaching, he's had 49, 44 with Bama. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, you make promises to players, hey, you come to Bama, you're going to get drafted, or you have a better chance of getting drafted. Hey, you come to Bama, you're going to win national championships. And I think he won one, at least one national championship with every recruiting class, except for maybe this last year would have been – his fourth year so he might have had one more That's chance to make so yeah if you came to bama if you got recruited and stayed with bama for uh your whole three four years stint you have a national championship ring so that's pretty wild <laughs> unprecedented oh yeah heck of a coach man definitely gonna be a first round ballot for uh college hall of fame uh he had uh, out of his 28 years Saban only missed going to a bowl game three times, uh, one with Toledo, twice with Michigan State. But with uh, Toledo, I think he led them to a conference championship, but they were just in a smaller conference. I don't think they got noticed as much. Uh, was 19-12 and 12 in postseason, seven national champions, 
championships, six being with Bama, one with LSU in 2003, and spent 15 straight seasons in the AP number one spot, breaking the record of seven years held by Miami. So 15 straight years of being at least ranked number one sometime in the AP top poll. So that's pretty good legacy, pretty good dynasty. Uh, what's next? What's next for Bama? <laughs> well, you know, you kind of touch on the Hall of Fame. Just skip the ballot, put him in. Put him in. Yeah, Man, automatic bid. <laughs> just deserves to be in it. You know, he did everything right the way he was supposed to. And I know a lot of people hate him, but. Man, players love him. I think for everybody that says that they hate Saban is just because he wins <laughs> and just because your team gets beat by him. I mean, I know that was the only thing for me being an OU fan, you know, it was just like, man, just hate seeing him win year after year after year. But you, you definitely got to tip your cap to him. It's not a hate of not a bad guy. It's a hate of because he's winning all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. So who's the next Bama coach? Is it Lanning from Oregon? Is it Davo Sweeney? Is, you know, what route do they go? Does Bill Belichick potentially make a college stint? I I honestly thought of that. I thought of like, man, how weird would that be if, uh, because I I feel like Saban is retiring to ride off into the sunset to where Belichick, we'll get on that later, is leaving on unfinished business. So yes. I mean, that could be a massive hire because the last time Bama hired an NFL coach, it turned out pretty well for him. Hey, did it ever. I.E. Nick Saban from the Dolphins went back in 2006, I think it was. He coached Dolphins in five and six and ended up going to Bama starting 2007 till today. But, man, I think nobody's seat is safe in any college program right now because that is the – highlight spot the hot seat it'd be very controversial to go there you'll be sweating it every day but I think no coach is above reproach when it comes to this Alabama spot so like I said who are you thinking who are you guessing and I Lanning's already made an an appearance there I I don't know um you know you're kind of getting someone with the same type-ish mentality in Sweeney and that he hates the portal and he hates the NIL. Yeah. You know, and let, let's be real, the, the portal and NIL are ruining college sports. Yes. You know, so I, I think that was a big contributor to the retirement of Nick Saban because it is on pretty much on record that he dislikes it strongly. Yeah. I think it's I think the NIL is definitely and portal has changed college football forever uh depending on if they can uh get reins on it pretty much just get a a order on it i feel that it's so wide open it's like the wild west right now and there's no rules no compliance no date set no nothing i think they'll eventually start trying to reel this back in and get it to where hey you can only accept this much or hey you can't transfer after January 1st or after the championship game. You right. can't do all this. Or have the NIL people who are giving them money say, hey, here's your contract. You got to play every game, whether it is a bowl game or not, because you're taking this money. So make it as a contract. If they're going to get paid for it, make them stay the whole time. Same goes with coach- coaches. If you're going to coach here, you stay the whole year. You don't leave before the bowl game. You don't leave before this and that. 
you got to wait till it's all done. In in MLB where they can't start contacting players to sign them till after World Series, is that correct? Yes, I believe so. So what's different with college to where they can start tra- uh, trading schools and moving and all this before the season's even done, right? Yeah. So, unless you're a graduate transfer, then you know, all that other stuff needs to stop it. To me, you remember a certain little word called tampering? Mm-hmm. Now it seems like you know that word is just kind of gone with the wind. Like, yeah. Oh, no, no, we're, we're we're negotiating. It's like no, you're tampering. You're trying to get this kid to leave his current program. And I'm sorry, these kids should not be getting seven figures either. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Hey, here's your NIL deal. Your college is fully paid now. Well, when you have a quarterback that's making two or three times more than a starting quarterback of the 49ers who's in first place, you know, in their division yeah. and, and making more money. That's where, where a few years ago it was completely where they weren't making any money, you know, and now they're making, like I said, it's the wild west out there. There's no limits. There's no salary cap. There's no nothing. It's just, but I mean, credit to good for the players. I'm happy for the players. Get what you can, why you can. Cause I feel like there's a day coming to where, there's there's going to be nil contracts ceilings salary caps all that's coming in which it needs to be but for right now it's like i said it's it's the wild west where you have players getting more money than professional players and so what's the point calling this an amateur sport it's not anymore it's a it's a pro sport now that you're getting paid it's the minor leagues of nfl is what it's turned into basically I mean, basically, now the NFL is almost minor leagues of college because of what these what these players are making. It's mm-hmm. ludicrous. It's ridiculous. Uh, like, like I said, uh, hey, here's your NIL deal. Your whatever you have left on your college, if you're not on a a full ride or anything, is paid for. You know, okay. Well, you're on a full ride. Yet, do you need a new car? Okay, here's a new car. Yeah. It's not millions. I, I'm so these kids don't know how to deal with money. They don't know how to handle their money. Next thing you know, they're out wearing a $150,000 watch getting mugged on the sidewalk. It, it's just setting themselves up for disaster. Yeah. Or it should be some way handled better to where, hey, you don't get this until you finish out the year or until you finish out your or your three-year. We're going to sign you to a three-year deal to stay with the school. You know, yep. start treating it like a minor league contract. Hey, you're with us for three years. You're not getting your full money until after you graduate. You get your incentives or whatever before and after. But, you know, make make it to where there's some kind of loyalty now because right now there's no – no loyalty at all. There was a yeah. uh, guy this morning I was listening to, and he put it pretty well. He said, "With this NIL, I said it used to be what what could you as a recruit, what can we, uh, what can you do to help us with our program? And now it's the recruits asking, what can you do for me to come mm-hmm. to this program? And that's what's clearly changed. It's changed the culture of college sports, and it's changed recruiting, which is might be the main thing reason why Saban is getting out." Yeah, for sure. I I, I agree wholeheartedly. You can't recruit the same that you used to. It might be why Kirby Smart's rumored to be talking with Atlanta Falcons for a job. He got snubbed out of a CFP because the college football playoffs is a politic driven who knows who and how much money can we make? Why stay in that environment when you can go to NFL and just say, hey, we're here to win? Right. And speaking of him, like I love what he said after the game. When they played Florida State, basically saying this wasn't a game. They had 29 of their players opt out of that bowl game because of what happened. 
you know, he, he basically said that is a great football team over there if they have everybody, which it is. It's a hands-down great football team if everybody's there. And mm-hmm. frankly, I don't blame the kids for wanting to uh, opt out, get ready for their pro career, because you got snubbed from a chance at the national championship in which you earned and deserved at the, <clears throat> at the end of the year. And people can say, oh, well, you know, they still got beat 63-3. It's like, it doesn't matter. We only have basically just freshmen and sophomores playing that hadn't really played all year. They were down their primary quarterback, their second-string quarterback, I think, what, two running backs, three receivers? Their whole defensive line minus one yeah. was not a starter. I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, there, there's basically 11 players right there. Yeah, and you go against a Georgia team, which a lot of their seniors are going to play because they don't have anything else to play for. You know, they're yeah. trying to up their draft stock. They're they're kind of in that limbo of, hey, we're lower draft stocks. We're trying to build it, so we want to play yep. in it. But then again, yep. what NFL team looks at that game and go, oh yeah, this guy dominated against who? Third string. Yep. yep. So I hate it for those seniors, uh, Florida State and Georgia players. Uh, they just, you know. You knew it was going to be a bloodbath. Just I felt bad for them. And everybody wants to say, well, that just goes to show that FSU shouldn't have been in it. Well, you don't know anything about football. If that's your your response because nobody played. <laughs> so it, 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 that's basically what happened and what we talked about. Florida State did not show up. Yeah. By that, we mean their starters did not show up. Their starters did not play. Their big weapons did not play. They essentially said – Okay, we're coming. We're getting paid to do this. Just don't kill us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes to show if you're going to say that, that, well, this game goes to show that they shouldn't have been in it. Flip side, Bama gets beat by Michigan first round. Does that show that they shouldn't have been in it? And against a Michigan team that had a very off night. Yes, they had one missed PAT. Was it two missed field goals? Two uh, punt return fumbles, terrible special teams, and still one. And then so, you saw what they did in the national championship. That that was the Michigan team of all all year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody wants to question, why is Washington even there? Well, Washington was the second best team in the nation. And it's just like, that just goes to show how good. Is that going to show how good Michigan's defense is? Or does that show that Washington just had an off night? Could be both. Or it could just show, like you said, that that was the Michigan team that's been around all year. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's even, you know, speaking of opouts and all that stuff, I mean, there was a Michigan player talking about Ohio State. He goes, listen, I hate Ohio State, but that was not the Ohio State that we played in their bowl game. Yeah, exactly. The Ohio State that we played is a very good football team. Well, for me, I just think the bowl games as a whole, minus the playoffs can be a wash there's nothing that you can take from that other than like future players coming up you know saying hey he looked really good in that he's going to be good next year that's about the only thing you can take away from from the bowl games was that hey our future prospects look really good you know that's about the only thing because who knows who's going to be even be there with this coaching carousel whoever takes over the bama's coaching job they're going to leave from a high profile school guess what Alabama's recruits are already bailing ship because they can move and go anywhere else because their head coach that recruited them isn't going to be there. 
And then whoever they bring in, whether that's Dabo Sweeney, Dan Lanning from Oregon, uh, Kalen DeBoer from Washington, Mike Norville from Florida State, Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, you know, Sarkeesian from Texas, whoever leaves from there, all their players are going to be able to shift and go anywhere. Who's going to stay? Who's going to stay there for their junior year for a first year coach? Nobody. They're going to go to a program that's established and has a coach that's been there for a while. Or they're going to get them to Bama, wherever, whoever gets the job. There is one name that hasn't been thrown out. Who knows basically how to coach in the ACC, how to coach in the SEC, and really didn't have a bad record where he was. Want to be willing to venture out and guess what I'm talking about? You said ACC and SEC? Yep. Uh... No, I couldn't even guess. Uh, He's being paid basically not to coach. Matt Brown? I don't know. That's Jimbo Fisher. Oh, goodness. That dude, that dude should just ride off in the sunset. He's got his oh, money. Just, <laughs> absolutely. I, I'm just saying, it's like that, that, that could almost be a dark horse that, you know, these, these people be like, we wouldn't really have to pay him as much because he's getting paid by AM. Yeah. Hey, Jimbo, how, how does this sound? You know how to coach, pro. You know how to have winning records. Just Who's going to turn down a Bama offer? Yeah. Been open for 20-something years, you know? Could, and, could the likes of a Gary Patterson maybe be in there? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I think someone's – did you say Steve Sarkeesian as, a, yeah. as an option? Yeah. Yeah. And, and James Franklin from Penn State, all those guys. Yeah. Like I said, there's nobody – Nobody's pro. Every program's probably sweating it right now until that seat gets filled. Yes. Because I don't think there's any guarantees on, you know, Bama's going to do the buyout. Whoever needs to be bought out, mm-hmm. they will pay your 13 million to leave and sign you. Because uh-huh. they're going to go after the best. You know, to replace a Saban, you're going to have to go after the best. Oh, absolutely. You don't want no Joe Schmo in there coming in with that much intimidation and that much uh, pressure on him just to bring some some alumni in that's never coached before. So oh, for sure. Nobody's seat is safe. Like I said, the uh, Dabo was in some polls were leading the options of going. You know, you just said Landing was on a visit there. So Be- I, Belichick would be a wild story coming down. <laughs> Belichick would be a real wild story. But, yeah, the uh, you're talking about the uh, Michigan's defense earlier. And I had a stat here. They they outscored their opponents 538 to 156. Wow. So, yeah, that's just goes to show that I think they deserve it. And then uh, the other question I'm getting, uh, one of those videos we posted on, on our TikTok at High Heat Podcast, TikTok, uh, a lot of people were putting the asterisk mark on there, questioning if Michigan's not really champions in their book, this and that, because of the sign ceiling scandal earlier in the year. What's your thoughts on that? See, they basically came back and said Harbaugh had nothing to do with it, right? I I haven't really read up on the finals. I've seen where it's been. I think the last thing I'd heard and seen was they're basically saying Harbaugh had no knowledge, had nothing to do with it. And it was on that guy's own agenda. I think it was uh, like a booster or something maybe. And yeah. That was part of it. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, if the NCAA is willing to admit that, 
And then Michigan goes out and plays how many games at the start of the year? Was it like that Harbaugh didn't coach? Was it one or three or four? Three, I think, at the beginning. And then they found something else. That was for the COVID stuff where he was recruiting for COVID. And then they found that out like week the next week four. And then he went all the way to the rest of the year without coaching. I think he might have coached like one game during the regular season. I can't remember yeah. for sure. But either way, you have a Michigan team that basically stood behind their coach, rallied around their coach, and said, okay, y'all want to take it out on him? We're going to go out and show college football what it's all about. Bet. If you want to put an asterisk by anything, you put an asterisk by Alabama getting it. You could even put an asterisk by Texas getting it. Yeah. I'm sorry, but Florida State, Georgia, uh, the um, Washington and uh, Michigan were clearly your top four. Yeah. And people can say, oh, well, we saw what Washington and Florida State were made out of. I don't really care. Yeah. Washington undefeated, Florida State undefeated in Power Five conferences and won their championships. If you ask me, Oregon was potentially – Right there with Michigan as the best team in college football. But for some reason, couldn't get past Washington. They had two chances. They had two chances, yes. And for some reason, Washington was their Achilles heel. If you had told me Oregon would have lost to them twice, I would have said you're a liar. I thought, I thought Oregon would have got them in the championship. Nope. But to me, Oregon, with their 12th-year quarterback, was probably one of – the top two or three teams in the nation. It would be my, my personal opinion. All right. So, Monkey Ranch question. Uh, if Oregon did beat Washington in the Pac 12 championship, who's your final four? <laughs> who's my final four? Who would you put there? That's, that's the, I bet CFP got off a lot easier, even though they did have the hard decision between Bama and FSU, but they got off a lot easier than what some situations could have been. I mean, Michigan. Yeah. Florida State. And this is in no particular order. Yeah. Michigan, Florida State, Oregon, and then Georgia. Yeah. I think they I think they have the biggest argument after Bama lost to Michigan. Georgia has the biggest argument of not being able to get in. You lose one game in your SEC championship by was it seven? Three or three or seven, something like that. Seven. Yeah. One game out of three years you lose. And you get kicked down to five or six. Speaking of final fours, speaking of final fours, we're gonna go back to our episode on September third, twenty twenty three. We're gonna go back to episode eleven. We're gonna air that now. What 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 our final four or what at least my final four projection was. And we're gonna we're just gonna show you guys what we had well what I had picked. On September 3rd, we're going to play that here for you. Bama, Let me rewind Bama. that for you. We're going to start from here. So I got Michigan, Bama. Let's go with Penn State. And let's go Washington. I'm trying to throw Washington in there. You know, I'm going to throw my Tulane Hail Mary up there. <laughs> and then for the championship. I'm, 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 have, I'm feeling Michigan's going to win it all this year for some reason. They've got everybody coming back. Um I feel like they finally figured it out with finally beating Ohio State twice. I know it's tough to beat them three years in a row, but 
I just feel like with them having, they're like one of the only top teams that had everybody coming back, including quarterback. So there's I'm a cocky little thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Michigan now. So that was our that was uh, my project, prediction on uh, September third, twenty twenty three. Uh, I cut yours out. I just didn't want to. Uh, you were so close, so we're just gonna let it just go. <laughs> so close, yet so far away. So we're just going to let you guys know that we're not too crazy on all our projections and everything. We're only going to show the ones that we do get right. That way we look cool. Yeah, uh, we'll say we both had Michigan in there, okay? You did, and we I only forced you to go with the other team, which we're not going to name that you picked, because I was going for Michigan. So we just tried to play the odds that one of us was going to be right. So you did right. – I'll give you credit on that. You did have Michigan in your in your championship game. So, and, I, and, you know, Texas as a sleeper. Can you, you did have Texas as a sleeper, so I'll give you that. I don't know why I threw Penn State in there. I should have did some ACC or some Big 12 team and would have been a lot closer. But I don't know why I threw Penn State. I wasn't thinking. I already had my top two, and I just threw two random ones in there at the end, which I got lucky on one. But, yeah, just letting you guys know that if you go back and want to watch our other project predictions, you know, it was the episode 11 at about eight minutes and 30-something seconds. We got those. Let me save y'all some grief, okay? Michigan, <laughs> LSU, Clemson, Utah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really thought LSU was going to turn it around this year. You know, they had those receivers, that quarterback. Just I, There were games that they lost that they shouldn't have. I never thought that they'd lose the FSU first game. I didn't. I had no faith in FSU, so I will go back and – and apologize to FSU for saying, <laughs> I said, you aren't even going to get close. You know, I thought they were going to lose two or three games this year. So I am wrong in that. Just as I want to apologize to CJ Stroud, I was wrong about him. I always said that he was going to be the big bust of the NFL draft after he scored a, what, a 38 on the Littman test or whatever that is called. Yep. This. So he's proven wrong and looking like a top chance for a rookie of the year so we do get it wrong most of the time but we want to gloat on the times we do get it right so that's why we're giving a shout out to myself for that <laughs> absolutely so yeah so if you had to choose though we're just gonna throw another one out there if you had to choose who would say who would you say your top candidate is for bama man that's a tough one it is a tough one top candidate planning Take Oregon's coach, yeah. You gonna take Lanning? I, I'm sitting here between Lanning and Kiffin. I don't know. About, uh, I'm gonna take Lanning. I just don't see Bama opening their arms to Kiffin. I don't know. It just seems like a weird fit. Oh, I know. But he might be the guy to do your NIL deals. You know, he might be the one that's. You know, that's what you're. That's what you're recruiting on now as a coach is who can handle the new NIL deals. Who can handle that the most? I mean, look what he did at Ole Miss. Yeah, there. Yeah, other than losing their top running back this year, he committed to uh, Ohio State. Yep. So he might be looking to get out of there. He might be a he might be a chance. Uh, I'm just gonna go on a wing. Just say Bill Belichick. I just think it'd be awesome if it happened. That That's would be cool. Going for it. I just think it'd be awesome. See how he handles it. <laughs> uh, you get that name in there, it'll be like Saban never left. You know, just you got the the same goats on two different levels coming, you know, playing. That'd be legendary. So I'm just going to go with Belichick just for the heck of it, just for the fun of it. So he's going to come down here, win three national championships and call it a year. I think he's younger than Saban about like a year or two. Okay. Um, so speaking, of, speaking of Belichick, do you want to redirect towards the NFL now and the coaching carousel? Since yeah. We're on yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of that, it's been, 
like we said, a crazy week in 2024. Within 24 hours, Bill Belichick announced, or Patriots announced that they're splitting ways with Bill Belichick. I just saw the interview with Kraft and Bill Belichick and everything. Belichick just, um, we did a great job. Um, I want to thank all my staff. Um, you know, just in normal Belichick fashion, just I'm here so I don't get fined, you know, type thing. And it's 20-something years with them. Man, what a career there. That's a definitely first-round ballot for oh, him. Absolutely. And you know, so who, who are the coaches of Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. um, the Falcons coach, um, Ron Rivera in Washington? Yeah. Panthers coach, right? Yeah. I see. Who else was there? Is that all so far, or is that? I think there was a few more. I can't remember. I don't know. It's been a wild. Offseason since, yeah, since. uh, 48 hours. Yeah, since the playoffs kicked in, it's been a free-for-all. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Matt. Oh, Bears are keeping their coach. Yes. Uh, Titans fire Mike Vrabel. Yes, Vrabel, yeah. Vrabel. I said Dennis Allen expects to be back for the Saints, but then you said Atlanta's gone. But, yeah, there's a lot of open spots. Do you think he just – Bill just slides into one of those? You know, someone's talking about him sliding into the commander spot. Or does he, you know – I see him. I I know Jerry has said McCarthy is safe. But what happens if you go out and lay an egg against your former team of the Packers? Are you really safe now that Belichick is out there? Yeah. Well, if you go first round, oust. Yeah. Might be back on the hot seat. Well, with Jerry Jones, you, that hot seat is just a button in your car. You can turn it on and off anytime. It's not, I don't think no, he's, exactly. he's ever actually safe until, you know, until they re sign him. So, yeah. yeah. But, but let's go back to Belichick's stat lines. Let's just say that 24 seasons. Six Super Bowls, 17 division titles, most by any head coach. Um, as a head coach, he had seven 13-plus win seasons. Uh, second has only three. Uh, only head coach with six Super Bowls. Uh, he actually has eight total, two assistants with the Giants. I didn't know that. In 1986 and 1990, so he has eight overall with six with the pet with the Pats. 19 postseason bursts. Most by a head coach tied with Don Shula. Uh, 302 regular season wins. He's only one of three coaches to ever do that. 333 total wins, second behind Don Shula with 347. So that's another question. Is they want Bill to get back in. All he needs to do is win, you know, 14 games, and he takes over that highest winning percentage as a head coach. Somebody will give him the chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Might take him two or three years, but you know, <laughs> get three or four here, five, six win season here, you know, and then the first two games of the third season, he's got his fifteenth win to surpass John Don Shula. Right. Yeah, that's that's uh it's all about who. Who gives him that opportunity? And what was that stat earlier that we had found? Oh, with Tom Brady, it was two forty nine and seventy five, and without his 84 and 103. Yep. And I guess those were if when Tom was injured or whatnot, because, you know, four seasons is not going to be right. 
180 something losses, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's the big debate too. Does the player make the coach? Does the coach make the player? Or does two good coaches and players make a dynasty? Right. And then uh, able to sit right. back and not actually have to do anything. Do you kind of lose your coaching edge for a little bit? Well, yeah, when you have a solid leader as your quarterback for 19 years, you know, it's kind of easy. It makes your job a little easier. Exactly. And you, like you said, you kind of lose that edge of what you have to do as a head coach or have to do more with a Mac Jones or, you know, Zappe or whoever they put in there for carousel that's been there since Brady left. Brady's record since leaving Bill, though, was 37 and 18 with Tampa Bay. So still pretty good without Bill, yep. you know, still a winning record. And he didn't have the defenses maybe one year with Bucks when they won it all, but he didn't have the consistent defenses that they had in with the Patriots. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, does that, does, does Brady leaving for three or four years tarnish Bill's legacy a little bit, or is it just, Hey, you lost one of the best quarterbacks ever. Anybody's going to lose after that. I think it's kind of that situation because then the culture of it is a, a shell shock. So how do you rebound from that year? You know, then after that, you know, it, I guess Mac Jones, I'm sorry, but no. Bailey Zappi, you know, it, he is what he is. So I, I guess they did they have Cam Newton run run it one year? He did a little bit. I don't know. They probably had about five or six QBs since Brady in the, yeah. in the last four years. Cam Newton, you know, laugh out loud. <laughs> it cracks me up, though, with that new uh, McDonald's commercial. <laughs> it looked like Cam Newton <laughs> the, the nuggets <laughs> or whatever. It's got, like, the top hat and, like, the tattoo on the face. And uh-huh. It was like, that cracked me up. I said, I would have never guessed that until I watched this. So I need to get – that's where my algorithm has taken me. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they've had a carousel. They're probably looking to draft. They got top three or four draft picks. Uh, someone was talking about either Daniel from LSU or uh, what's the boy from North Carolina? May Mayor Mayo May Drake May May uh, might be potentials for them. I think for some reason I feel like May would be a better fit for New England. Look for New England to potentially trade up to the Bears number one. They're taking Caleb then? I'm, I'm just saying, look for him to potentially trade up so they can get their guy. Not necessarily saying it's Caleb. I yeah. I think he's a number one overall pick. Yeah. I know a lot of people think he is, but I just, I don't know. I'm not sold on him, especially after how he handled the losing of halfway through the season and everything yeah. else, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I think that kind of hurt his, Yeah, that kind of hurt his draft stock. I, I think he. Honestly, I think he's the next Baker Mayfield. He's going to be a serviceable quarterback. But. Not the guy. Yeah. Well, Baker did have a resurgent year this year. Finally got a chance with uh, Buccaneers. Uh, He kind of bounced around there after the Browns released him. And now made it to the playoffs and got his $1 million incentive. So good on him. Yeah, he also has a good team around him, too. I mean, look what the Browns were when he was there. Yeah. Did they have Kareem Hunt? That's about it. Yeah, he did lead them to their first playoffs in 14 years or something like that. Can't remember how long that's been, but yeah, I, I mean, 
going to be a wild draft. Uh, I think there is going to be some moves with Bears got two of the top five picks or something like that. They got like one and four, one and five or something like that. They made a trade for somebody last year to get the fourth or or, number, or they lost enough to get the number one spot, and then they traded somebody to get the fourth or fifth spot. I can't remember for sure. They, they traded got, they traded Carolina something for their uh, pick. So when Carolina officially wrapped up the worst record in the NFL, that's why the Bears got the number one. Oh, so the Bears benefited from Carolina having a bad year. Yes. So they traded a first-round pick not knowing if it was going to be first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. But then since Carolina laid a goose egg with the flop of the year with Bryce Young. Um, but then again, they said that there was – they showed him next to Lawrence's records, you know, his first year in. They were kind of similar. I know they don't have the best team around Bryce Young. Uh, do you think Bryce Young has the ability – to perform better with a better team around him, or was it just was the team's results because of Bryce Young? I know there's some early young got to learn learning experiences, but do you think he overcomes these bad seasons? I think he has the capability to overcome it. It's just if can he stay healthy enough long enough? Yeah, with that horrendous offensive line that was out there. I was just about to put that. They're going to have to get a line around him. They were terrible in the run game. Ter- I mean, terrible all the way around. And you can't give yourself a new quarterback that's getting pounded in the back of the back of the backfield every other play. And he's definitely not going to stay healthy staying away. So they're going to have to make some big moves to get some offensive line. I see them to get build an offensive line and maybe uh, filter in a few key pieces in running back or wide receiver or something to help out maybe from free agency. But I see them draft draft heavy, some big some big linemen. Yep, for but, sure. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned Pete Carroll earlier too. He's been released from his duties at Seattle so with 14 seasons. Uh, he had 10 postseasons with them out of the 14. Uh, his overall record was 137, 89, and one. He was 10 and nine in playoffs. 11 of the 14 seasons, though, were winning seasons. So he had a good tenure there. But a blunder cost him a Super Bowl. Yeah, he had one Super Bowl. He could have had two. So two in 14 years wouldn't have been bad, but. No, I mean, who does not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch at the half-yard line? Someone trying to be too cute. Someone not wanting him to get the player of the game. That's what you think it came down to? Oh, yeah. Russell, they said with Pete Carroll that Russell was the poster child. I just, I wouldn't care who gets player of the game as long as we got a Super Bowl ring. If it came down, oh, if I found that out, I'd be, I'd be trashing some place or something. But, yeah, well, there there goes again with the, does the coach make the player, the player make the coach, you know, with Russell Wilson leaving. He dominated at Seattle. Is that because it was a good coach or when he went to Broncos laid a goose egg for the last two years, player coach, do both make a good combination? Uh, I think you get a good coach and a good player. It, it is a recipe for success. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. So they, they're trying to blame, you know, when, like I said, when Brady left, 
trying to blame one or the other blame game. I think it's just the right combination just made for, you know, not saying it's smooth sailings, but it made it for an easy, easier sailing for both of them. So yeah, Pete Carroll, even you think Pete Carroll coaches somewhere. What about Pete Carroll for an Alabama job? Um, he's got a, he's one of the only head coaches in NFL that's had a BCS national championship and a Super Bowl. I, I kind of man, hmm. I look for <laughs> Pete Carroll to kind of stay in the NFL though. Maybe yeah, maybe Panthers a good young quarterback, Russell Wilson style quarterback, get the best out of him. Yeah. Well, we do know that Pete Carroll is really good with NIL deals before NIL deals existed. <laughs> so he might be That's the not right a USC jab, is it? Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to USC jabs, uh, Boomer Sooner and object. <laughs> hey, uh, Reggie, where's that Heisman at? Yeah, that's that's another debate, man. It's one of those where it was illegal at the time, so you don't deserve it. You don't get it back. But now that everything's willy nilly, whatever goes, you know, you're like, man, people are doing ten times worse now with money than yeah. what he did. It's like, you know, if if the if the Heisman is just vacant, shoot, just get what's it to just give it to him. If it's yeah. given it to the second draft or second votes. Then say no, he didn't. He didn't deserve it at the time because it was illegal at the time. So, you you pay the price for what was illegal at the time. There's stuff today in 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 nil rules or college that's illegal that if you did, you're not gonna you're gonna be punished like Harbaugh's punished, you know. So yep. they're gonna say, does he deserve the national championship? So he served his time. So there's a lot of questions on either way. What's right? What's wrong? But yep, I think it'd be wild too if if. Carroll's name gets thrown in there for the Bama thing. That'd be wild. But if he does stay in the NFL, where would be a place for him to go? I mean, he's up there in age. He's 70-something now, too. So he's probably only got, what, five more years? Maybe three or four? Yeah, right. Does he bridge the gap with, like, a commander's team until they find their lifelong relationship or, you know, Atlanta for a few years or whatnot? I don't know. I think he goes somewhere where there's a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that, as an older as, as an older coach, what? Why do you want to go somewhere where it's no quarterback that you can't can't work with? Yeah, you want to come into a winning situation, which I mean, any coach is looking to do. But I mean, if there's not that many people knocking at the door, do you just take any old place, or just right off in the sunset? That's that. I think you're just right on in the sunset. Why, why settle for something less than what you feel like that you uh, have earned over your career? Yeah, I mean, you're 70-something. Why not just enjoy the last remaining? You've got a BCS national championship. you got a Super Bowl. You know, mm -hmm. why why risk it to go to relocate, first of all, yep. somewhere, and then start all over with some team? You know, he's 72 years old. So, I mean... Why not? How much more able years you got? Just go enjoy that money and ride off, man. I'm I'm planning on being retired before 60. So, I mean, 55. So it's like, oh, absolutely. it's like, I'm, I don't want to be sticking around doing a job. I mean, I know you love it and everything, but shoot, there's other things outside of it. So I don't know. Different people, different motivations, man. So who knows where they land? I think, I think in the next month or so, some dominoes are going to start falling. 
and it's going to be a new era of football from college to NFL. I mean, it's going to be a whole new, whole new out, outland of it. And like I said, also jumping back to college, that whatever team you think you have now, it's probably not the team that you're going to have in September when they start up first game. It's going to be no. a whole team. No. So I, I was thinking they shouldn't even have rankings until week before first game and say, here's our rankings, because you can have someone ranked up and they lose two or three players to an NIL deal or a portal or something and say, we're gone. All right. That team just went from first to fifth. Week one should be your tentative rankings. Yeah. And week two, here come the rankings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, like I said, it's going to be a whole, until they get that NIL corralled, some mm-hmm. guidelines, some borders, something. I think it's just going to be the Wild West. You're going to have coaches ditching left and right. You're going to have players ditching left and right. Um, just curious to see who makes the jump from NCAA coaching to NFL or who drops down from NFL to NCAA. You know, with all these NCAA deals, it's not a bad deal to go down to NCAA and coach less pressure than NFL and still make $75, 000, $75 million to get fired like, oh. like Jim Moore Fisher, you know? Yeah. So what's the pressure there? But... <laughs> So it's speaking be- of, let's kind of shift. So speaking of like, you know, downgrading. So you call it like NFL to college. People would say, "Oh, well, that's a downgrade." How about the rest from the Detroit and Dallas game being downgraded Ooh. and missing the playoffs? Ooh. Even after they showed the video of three Detroit linemen approaching the the official. And the one lineman that wasn't eligible came, coming in, raising his hand, like raising his hand above his head and even wiping his chest. That's the the signal for mm-hmm. being an eligible receiver. And the official saw him running on the field doing that, so thought he was eligible. But you got two other walking towards the official. It's like that. That's on the Lions for trying to play this silly little cat and mouse game. Yeah. You know, so to me, these officials should not be downgraded. Yeah. The official uh, saw what he saw and made his call. Yeah, it was uh, definitely while watching it. I was thinking the refs made the wrong choice. But then when watching the, uh, was it John Boy? Uh His lip reading and his analysis on it. You clearly see number 70 who did it earlier in the game coming in, rubbing his chest, holding his hand up that he was eligible receiver. He did the same exact motion coming in for that two-point play, and the ref is clearly looking at him and not looking at the two linemen in front of him. And I think they just try to play too many too many games with them and try to confuse. But they announce it over the announcement, don't they? They go, number 68 is an, is an eligible receiver. Don't they announce that over the intercom? I, I thought they were supposed to. Yeah, so, I mean, whoever – did they announce 70 was the eligible receiver coming over the intercom? Um, if so, then Detroit calls timeout and starts over and says, no, we want 68. You yeah. know, but then again, after two failed attempts and you got two more attempts, don't you just kick the field goal and just tie it after that point? I would. Yeah. I think that the two-point conversion from the seven was more of a, hey, you screwed us and whatever happens is on you now. So, like, it's win-win for him. And I, I was I was listening to Dan Campbell talk in Detroit, and he basically told them, "I told the guys we get to a two point, we get to a spot, 
where we can go for the win, we're going to go for the win. Mm-hmm. And they, everybody was in agreement with it. Yeah. He said, now, if we're outside the 10, absolutely, we kicked the field goal. But inside the 10, we feel, we felt like that we had a chance to win the game, and that was the chance we were going to win. Yeah. Hey, I, I credit him for being aggressive. I credit him for sticking to his guns. And that's how you keep a team on your side. You don't lose the team. Confidence. Yep. You, you know, it's not like players going against their coach, <laughs> Jameis Winston. But yeah. um, that's bad. Yeah, it's uh, I definitely respect him having the confidence and sticking with his guns. But I feel like due to the situation after, you know, one or two failed attempts that you just say, hey, we're going to do the tie and then we're going to win this bad boy in OT. You know, we're going to be the better team. You know, they were they were making a run back to they were dominating, you know, those last few minutes and then gave a few away. So I think that if they did go to an OT, I think they did have the momentum. But. It's one of those. It's it it it's all said and done now. Uh, yeah. You got them to playoffs. You got to win. It's all one one and done now. I kind of feel like maybe at that point in the game, he thought you know, Dallas started getting a lot of momentum. I was like, I got to stick it to them right here. I can't. We can't go to overtime. They're gonna get us. Yeah. You know, I mean, which C.D. Lamb had like what 500 yards receiving on 11 catches. Yeah. So ridiculous. Team for, I was playing against him for like third place in another league. <laughs> I was like, of course, of course, just have your best game right now. It's fine. Exactly. But yeah, losing 20 to 19 after that, just, I just think they try to get too cute. I yep. mean, just say, hey, he's an eligible receiver. Nobody thinks anything of it, you know. If they do, I'm sure something else would have been open. So I don't know. It's just, it's one of those two. Then once that comes out, I mean, I think they might have been NFL might have been too quick to deny them playoff refing refing a playoff yeah. game. So that's basically what they're good at, you know. Just everybody's just guilty before proven innocent, you know, type things. But, I almost wonder if that crew was like on the bubble for something, and they just needed something like that to happen. We're like, okay, yeah, we don't want them in the playoffs. Final straw. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if the investigation comes out and they were right. There's too much that happened with this crew this year. We don't need them in the playoffs to screw something up. Yeah. Yeah, and even after that debacle, um, they got the blessing to co- or to ref the Pittsburgh Ravens game, which ended up being 37 degrees and pouring rain. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations, you got out of the playoffs. <laughs> And you get to ref this game. That's absolutely dog crap. So here's your toilet bowl. Yeah. Oh man, that'd been miserable. I'd have been hating myself. Been like, this is terrible. Yeah. That, uh... So speaking of the Jameis Winston barb that threw out there, <laughs> what he did, I'm in complete disagreement with him. Oh well, the team decided we wanted to do this. Okay, you're in victory formation. Mm-hmm. victory formation the defense looks at you okay you're conceding you're kneeling it we're taking it to the house that is a chicken butt way to go out there and get your guy that hadn't got a touchdown a touchdown mm-hmm. to me that, that's why Jameis Winston is the highest paid backup in the league that's why he can't keep his job yeah 
I'm sorry. It's like you can say Jameis wins wherever he goes. You can say Jameis is this and that. They they say he's actually a good guy off the field and a good locker room guy. I'm sorry. That is a chicken butt way to go about it. Yeah. You have a timeout, burn the timeout, and say, Coach, we've all talked about this. We'd really like to get him a touchdown. Can we line it up one play? If we don't get in, then we'll kneel it. Yeah. You don't just audible without coaching, telling the coach. You know, I feel like that's kind of a uh, bad look for the coach, too, to where, hey, do you even have control of your players? They're just going to do what they want. And exactly. I get why they're doing it for what's his name that didn't had like 17 touchdowns last year with with Lions and had none this year. But then again, what's one touchdown going to make a difference? You yeah. are, you, you're going to score one touchdown this year? He was hurt for five or six games, too. Mm-hmm. I tracked him in fantasy. I know. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, but, but to me, that, that is a, that's almost a loser mentality. We're going to trick the other team in thinking that we're conceding this down, but no, no we're really going to you know, punch it in the end zone. If you're going to go for it, at least line up like you're going for it. Don't yeah. try to trick them and then hand it off to a to running back at the one-yard line. But, yeah, they were they were up 41-17 on the one and going to kneel it. There's like 20 seconds left in the game, and they call an audible without their coach knowing. And the head coach from Falcons let them know, you know, what's his name? Let the Saints head coach know. And you can tell the head Saints head coach was kind of like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, I, I don't know what happened. That was not my call, which, I mean, yeah. Uh, to me, I, I let I let Jameis go. But, bye. no, we don't need that here. Yeah, that's definitely – I'd definitely be mad as a head coach. You're going to change the play on me. You're the guy leading that team out there, and you're going to let them talk you into something against my, my call, you know, saying yep. it was a collective decision. Uh, to give Williams a shot at his lone touchdown of the season, you know. So, yeah. like you said, Arthur Smith was hot and was trying to give Dennis Allen every opinion he had. I mean, Arthur Smith could have said whatever he wanted because he's getting fired the next day, so he wasn't going to be oh, around. Sure. Get his money's worth. Yeah. So, that's that's wild to think of that. I mean, yeah, I get why you're doing it, but I still think it's wrong. Yeah. I think that you just shouldn't. Shouldn't do it. Forty-one to seventeen. There is there's a professionalism among sports. You know, like baseball, you don't bun after a certain inning with certain runs up. You know, yep. you don't you don't pimp home runs after you know mostly any time, but especially if you're down ten or runs or up twelve. You know, you definitely don't. So yep. I mean, there's some definitely some unwritten rules, and that was definitely one that was broken for sure, for sure. But uh, also some. Pretty cool news. I don't know if it's great or not. Mike Tomlin retained his five above five hundred record and made it into the made it into the playoffs. Don't know how he keeps doing it. Despite a three seat in three last three seasons having a negative point difference, still has made it above five hundred in his seventeen year coaching career with Steelers. That's getting blown out some games and then having some really close wins. Winning every close one and getting blown yeah. out. Yes. Yeah, but I just think it's wild that they even made playoffs because they were sitting there for a while at like three or four games below 500. They thought he wasn't going to be able to get his above 500 and keep his streak alive. So credit to him. They made playoffs. I don't see him winning past first round, but if they do, credit to him. Tip the cap. So what do you think about Puka Nakua? Man, what a what a snag for Rams. 
So before you get too far into it, that's my rookie of the year. Yeah, I would I would go with him, but uh, a lot of them are saying that Stroud should get it, which also amazing year. Which he see the difference between him and Stroud. Stroud missed some games, right? Yeah, I think he was injured for two or three. Puka stepped in for an absent Cooper Cup and made an immediate impact and basically said, no, you're not taking me off this field. You're taking someone else off when Cooper comes back. Yeah. And he maintained those numbers when Cup came back. He, he dropped Cup's numbers down, which you're like, everybody was thinking Cup was going to come back and just start back where he left off last two seasons, nope. dominating the league. Yeah, they're saying that that's a two-man race between Puka and Stroud. Man, I mean, like I said, Stroud's done some big things there, getting Houston back in a playoff spot for the first time in, shoot, eight or ten years, something like that. Uh, but you said Puka broke the single-season rookie record for receptions and yardage. Bravo, young man. Kudos to him. And coming out of, was it Utah State? I thought it was Brigham Young. Might have been Utah. We'll just say Utah, somewhere out of Utah. Yeah, one of those schools there. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's especially. I think it's more crazy though to be rookie of the year when was he a free agency sign or did he get drafted way on further down? Stroud's a first rounder. Everybody's like, well, he should have done good. He's a first rounder. You get Puka in there that's you know nobody heard of or known of, and absolutely lights up the scoreboard every time he gets on the field. So yeah. Puka, uh... Puka played played football at Washington and BYU. BYU, you had it. Yeah. So it said he racked up 1,445 receiving yards, good for fourth most in the league entering week 18. He also has 101 receptions and five touchdowns in 16 games. That wasn't even his final stat line. So Puka was drafted number 177. 177. Fifth round pick. Yeah. So, yeah, they got Stroud right now at a minus 850 and Puka at plus 450. So they got Stroud by a pretty good margin to win it. That was a 1-3 January 3rd. So, I mean, I guess you got Stroud that led his team to a playoff berth which a team that hadn't been there in a while. I mean, you got, you got, you got arguments for both sides. Oh, for sure. But I just think that due to Stroud being a first rounder and Puka being 177th pick, you know, like the expectations, he's exceeded more expectations than what Stroud has. You know, there's a bigger gap there that he accomplished. Well, let's be real. Quarterbacks get more chances. Yeah, they do. They get to run. They get to throw the ball to. I mean, but running around and getting open every time, you know, we know Stafford. Stafford is a great enabler of top receivers. You've seen that with Megatron. Oh, you saw it with Cup. You see it with Nakua, you know. Stafford knows who his best player is, and he gets the ball to him every time. So, I mean, credit to him being on there with Stafford, which has really helped him. I think if Puka was in it with any other team, he might he probably wouldn't have the numbers he had. But he was, and he did, and I think it was a great accomplishment for him. So, speaking of rookie of the years, who's your comeback player of the year? Flacco, man. I, I I get the argument of DeMar Hamlin. People are like, well, he was dead and came back and is alive and, and played. But he's played two games, and one of his games, he cost the team 
the game on being the 12th man on the field. And uh, credit that he's still there, that he's still able to participate, that he's, like I said, alive. Credit to the EMS team that was there. Uh, but for Flacco to come back after being out for two years or something and being 38 years old or whatever and yep. pretty much turning the Browns season around, Browns are like the first team ever with four-plus different quarterbacks to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And for him to step in and win, what, four out of five of the last games? Uh-huh. To just do it barely – by handing the ball off 900 times, he was passing too and making plays in the passing game too. It wasn't just handing the ball off to whoever the back is back there. Um, but I just think for being out for two years, coming back in at 38, his sample size is a lot bigger. And like I said, nothing against DeMar Hamlin, but he's been on the sidelines for 98% of the time, 97% of the time. You want your comeback player to come back and actually do something. Yep. But I do see the argument of him to even come back from that experience. Hamlin uh, is a great feat, too. So, but I just think you got to give it to Flacco. Oh, for sure. So let's talk about these playoff stories. And I want to tease this a little bit, maybe for our next episode after the you know, first week of playoffs or whatnot, see how things go. But what's wrong in Philly? I'll hold on to that one and see how things go or if they look lifeless or actually come out. They've looked bad the last four or five games. They've lost five of the last six. Oh, were they 10 and one? And now they're. They've 11. lost five of the last six. Uh, yeah. Man, I, I'm kind of guessing it's a coaching problem. I mean, let's go back to the Chiefs and Eagles Super Bowl. Yeah. Sirianni starts mouthing off and pointing at the scoreboard, and Jalen Hurts had to kind of pull his hand down and calm him down. Mm-hmm. And then walking up the tunnel in Kansas City, and then screaming at the Chiefs fans where they can't hear him. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. He's a prima donna. He's kind of a prick. He's arrogant. I'd say mature. Yeah, he's he's immature. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, just... the immaturity is real. I mean. Philly fans are starting to get even Philly fans are starting to get ruffled with them. Yeah. So um it's it for me when stuff goes sideways like that, it's a behind the scenes problem. It's a locker room coaching friction possibility with that. Um, because you got you've got a great team. You've proven that ten and one. Uh, I don't know if it was just because of the teams they played when they got to ten and one or what, but you don't just get that bad that quick no. uh, overnight. Like it was building and then finally hit a brick wall. And yeah. I feel like once things did go sideways, there was no one there at the helm to turn it around. Like that's what a head coach is supposed to do. Keep everybody in the right lane, going on the right path, keeping them motivated. You know, yeah. San Francisco, San Francisco went on a three game losing streak. Was it Shanahan? Is he the coach? Yeah. yeah. He gets that thing turned around and then they go, what? Four of the next five wins, five of the next uh-huh. six, and something like that, losing one to the Ravens. Um, and, and they were saying that, you know, San Francisco is going to go on to Philly and lose because they're on that losing streak. <laughs> Quite contrary. Yeah. So I, I think it starts from the top down, yep. and I think it never made it between the coaching and the locker room to figure out what's going on. And there's a lot of finger pointing, kind of like I see in the Kansas City locker room. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's a coaching player. I think that's just a locker room in general 
problem. Yeah. I think there's a lot of confrontation in that locker room to where. Well, they don't have any receivers. Yes. Mahomes is frustrated because no one can catch. Kelsey's frustrated because all they got to do is double team him and nobody else can catch it. So, and then the running game, it gets open every now and then, but it's not enough to make a difference. So I think with Kansas City, it's more of a locker room in general problem. And then Philly is more of a head coach to locker room problem. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's talk about playoff stories. All right. There's a lot of good ones in there. And one of my favorites is Stafford's going back to Detroit to play in a playoff game, Rams versus Lions. And what's sad is this is this is Stafford's first game in the Lions stadium playoff, making a playoff appearance in that stadium, even though he played for him for 10 or 12 years. So, so, so you, you do realize it's Stafford back to Detroit, but it's also Goff against the Rams. Yes, that monumental trade that I think was probably – the most equal trade of all time to where yeah, it has helped out both quarterbacks tremendously. Yeah. The, 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 the equalness of how well they succeeded by getting traded just blockbuster to where Stafford wins a Super Bowl the next year. Golf has been dominant for the last three or four years and looking for his first Super Bowl. Um, but it's just one of those to where it's going to be interesting. I'm interested on how, Detroit's going to accept Stafford, which I think they will with open arms. They're a great fan base. Uh, uh, very, they loved him. Yeah, very loyal to their their star players, like you saw with the uh, Barry Sanders documentary. Okay. Uh, just a, a good fan base, and they're seeking – they've been in a drought for a while. And I think they'll open him with open arms. But I just think that Lions are the hotter team right now. I'm looking yeah. for the take week one. But I just think it's a fun story. I think I think both teams match up pretty fairly evenly. Now defense lines may have a little bit of an edge on defense, but I think they they stack up pretty evenly. Yeah. Yeah, and then your second story, you got McCarthy playing against his former team, the Packers. And he finally admitted that Dez caught the ball. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Catch three steps to dive. That's a catch. He was reaching out <laughs> for the goal line, and that's probably my one flustered of the NFL, they define a catch every game. They define the difference in a catch every game. Like, yes, he did this one game. Oh, he didn't do that next game. Oh, he did the same thing the one game he did catch it. Oh, it doesn't count in this game. Like, I just like, man, yep. we got to figure that out. Yep. And that was for sure a catch, for sure. I, I saw a highlight on that the other day, and I was just like, where did you, where did you see, where did you see it was incomplete? I don't, I don't see where the definitive, uh, information is that he didn't catch it because you could tell he made clearly a couple steps and then reached and then even after it did hit the ground he still maintained possession so it was just i don't know yeah i'm glad he finally admitted that yep but yeah how how do you think that's going to turn out you know cowboys when they're good they're really good and when they're bad they're really bad knock on wood they're at home they are at home i think that's the one plus i think if it was the other way around they might have been in some trouble Knock on wood, they are at home. Dallas has been one of the best home game uh, home teams throughout the year. Uh, I think they'll maintain that. I just see Love getting over-stimulated with that defense. Yep. And they keep talking about Love's statistics and stuff. And I'm, I've watched like two, three games of his, like first quarter, and he looked like a college kid out there. <laughs> the, yeah. And again, it might be the ones that I didn't watch that he dominated in, but – 
for me, I think he's going to get overstimulated with the defense in his face all the time. And I think Dallas, Dallas is going to win that pretty sound. And, and Green Bay has one of the worst run defenses in the league. That's not good. <clears throat> that is not good. Um, our third cool story is uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill back in Kansas City. It's 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 forecasted to be one of the coldest NFL games on record. Would they say zero degrees and a negative wind chill? I'm out. They, they said those it, tickets are gonna are, are falling down into the thirty dollar range. I don't even care if I get them for free. I ain't going. No, I, I'm not either. And, and I don't think Tyreek Hill will be greeted very uh, gratefully either. Now, was it his fault that he left? I don't know the whole story about him leaving. I'm just saying by how he left, how he started oh, well. chirping and saying things and all that stuff. I, you know, it's just I don't think he'll be. He's mouthing off. You know, that was, yeah. I don't I don't see that reunion being as good as Stafford's reunion. But uh, I, I do see Kansas City maybe coming out of this one, even though with how bad they've been playing recently. I just think that Miami can't handle the cold, and they're not good against teams above 500. No, I would love Miami to win. I wouldn't mind it either, which they they might. But Chiefs are tough at home. Their fans are on your back all the time. Um, And with it being that cold, I always see the passing game fall off. And that's what Miami thrives off of is a passing game. Usually those cold games are won by the ground and pound run game. And I would say, if anything, Kansas City's got the upper hand. Is Mostert still hurt? think everybody's good to go i hadn't seen it go well that might change things uh it's just going to come down to the trenches those cold games usually do so for some reason i'm leaning towards kansas city just being at home and it being cold and dolphins playing against a 500 better team oh i agree i I can see it and then our uh fourth storyline of the game or of the day comes to the browns versus texans to see uh they had the, the blockbuster watson trade you know, with a few draft picks that got picked from Watson being traded. You know, I think C.J. Stroud benefited from that. Uh, so it's one of those that kind of who made the better trade there, Texans, Browns. How's I know the, the, the women in Houston are safe now. <laughs> yes. All the masseuses are safe. So. <laughs> and, and and Deshaun's not playing, so that's kind of like one of those well crap. It takes a lot away from it, so it's yeah, it does. It does. I think it was for a general manager or, or uh, the head honchos to see who benefited most. Yeah, but come on, Flacco. I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Flacco win. People rooting for that underdog. I mean, Texans look good. Cleveland's favored by two. Are they? Yeah. I didn't know that. See, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the we'll, we'll get to all that in a second. Because I'm going to yeah. ask you who you got, and you can write it down. Ooh. All right. Well, I don't know if I want to write it down. Depends. Depends if I'm no, right. We'll, we'll just do wild card weekend. How about that? <laughs> if, if it's right, we'll write it down. We'll go. We'll go the whole thing. I think I just filled out a thing for the whole thing, and I felt pretty confident about it. But uh, yeah, I I'm rooting for the Browns. But I would in that game, I wouldn't mind whoever won. I just I guess Flacco, because it might be his last hurrah. Yeah. see Flacco make a run at it, you know, at least get to the conference champion or something, you know, or division title or something like that. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be game for Flacco. So, yeah. 
you can get to your your uh your guesses or what you got for playoff rounds i got the the map pulled up right now or the the uh bracket pulled up yeah that or we can write them down send them to each other and then discuss it on the next one yeah Gotta keep it a little uh little secret yeah i mean but, but wild card weekend wild card weekend i'll go as much as uh, i'll go browns dolphins cowboys bills and i'm gonna skip that one i'd love to see the buccaneers beat the eagles oh lions okay so your playoff bracket looks like ravens got the first round by Texans at a four seed play Browns a five seed. Chiefs three seed, Dolphins six seed. Bills have fought their way back up to a two seed, playing the Steelers at a seven seed. Bills were like one and six there for a second. Or some they were like they're way behind and end up making a run. On your other side, 49ers had the first round by. Buccaneers at a four seed will play Eagles at a five seed. Uh, Lions at a three seed. Rams at a six seed, Cowboys at a two seed, and Packers at a seven seed. So you said you had who between Texas and Browns? Browns. You had the Browns. And then between the Chiefs and Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm going to go underdog on that one. All right. Bills, Steelers? Bills. The Bills. Bucks, Eagles. I, I can't cheer for the Eagles, Bucks. <laughs> it is in Philly, or no? no, it's, a, it's, no in it's in Tampa. Sorry, sorry. I saw them at the bottom, so I thought it was Buccaneers at Philly, but it's four and five. So yeah, it's at Bucks. Which I don't know how that gets the Monday night game, but whatever. Yeah, uh, Lions, Rams. But, see, that's my toss up. But Lions, Lions, Cowboys, Packers. Come on, man. Yeah, boys. Yeah, boys. All right, so they do this weird thing in, in NFL football where they, they kind of reseed afterwards. So they bounce back and forth if they're reseeded. So with yours, it would be Ravens-Dolphins, one versus six. Who would you take? Ravens. Ravens, they're looking really good. And two weeks to schedule for it. So Bills-Browns. Bills. And Bills gonna make Bills are gonna be dangerous in the playoffs with how they've been playing. 49ers, Bucks. Niners. Niners. The boys or Lions? The boys. The boys. I I'm setting it I'm setting it up for a a Ravens Bills AFC championship and a Cowboys um Niners, Niners NFC championship. So you went with a one two one two? Yeah. <laughs> so Ravens Bills, who you got? Ravens did beat the Bills earlier, didn't they? Or did they? Yeah, they played, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Man, have to beat them twice. <sighs> you know, man, it would be a good game to watch, though. You and know what? Judging, you know, if you're going off the Super Bowl logo, everyone's saying it's going to be Niners Ravens. So I'm going to go Bills Cowboys again. 
Can't be those Cowboys, because I was going to go Ravens-Niners. Well, perfect. We can go opposite. So, Bills cowboys who you got winning it all. This is take you back to the 90s right here. Oh, yeah. I think Dallas atones himself from that freaking turd nugget they laid in Buffalo. So, you're going to have Dallas take it all, huh? Yeah. In Las Vegas. What's your final score? Oh, don't get me a line there. Shoot. Um, <laughs> 20, 28, 24. 28, 24. All right, it's down. All right, you're in. You're in <laughs> on, on my logbook submit bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, yeah, there you go. You're in on one of my brackets. So. I would have to do a bracket. I think I would do who Texans Browns. Who'd you go with Browns? Yep. I go Texans. Stroud's looking good. I'm going Chiefs. I am going Bills. I just don't think Steelers is going to be able to hang. I'm gonna go Eagles over Bucks. I think they finally figured out for playoffs. Going Lions over Rams. Cowboys. Yes. So is the is uh, Devonte and AJ healthy though? I don't know. Because Devonte had that ankle and AJ got that knee. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm going with them. And They're I not guess DeAndre back. Swift missed because he was hurt too. Yeah. Shoot. Could be just a turd ball rolling downhill. It just might get worse. So <laughs> I don't know. I'll get them. Even though I am I am rooting for Baker. So. It depends. If I choose the team, they usually lose. So, secretly rooting for Bucks, and then we're gonna fill in Eagles. Out loud, you're going with the Eagles. Yeah, just to cheer for them. So yeah, Ravens Texans. I'm going with Ravens. Uh, Bills Chief. Bills are just. I, don't, I just think the Chiefs are gonna go exit out. They just the camaraderie there is just gonna lose it for them. 49ers Eagles. 49ers I think is finally gonna handle them. And then Eagles are gonna have some questions with their head coach. Does he stay? Does he go? Cowboys Lions. Okay. People are probably gonna hate me for this, but I'm going Lions. I'm going with the upset. That's gonna be my one upset. So and then I'm going with my logo here. If you don't know, the last four logos have been the color of the colors of the team that's been in it. Ravens 49ers. And I'm sticking with my 49ers that I've called the whole time. See, they've changed the logo. They've had two different logos this year. So which one's it gonna be? They changed it. This is the first time they changed it, isn't it? Because everybody was talking about purple and red or blue and red. Which one's it going to be? I don't know. I'm going to go 37 31 49ers. Okay. Okay. So that's my guess for the Super Bowl. And when I'm wrong, you'll never know. And when I'm right, you'll always know. We'll record this and play it again to you. Like we did the one single time out of all our 20 episodes that we've been doing this and we got one out of 16 right. So, yeah, you'll be hearing from us when we get it right. If not, it'll be like it never happened. So so we're going to have a redo of the Harbaugh bow, just minus one Harbaugh. Yes. Speaking of that, I didn't know their dad won a championship with Western Kentucky. Now, now he can sit at the big boy table with his older brother. And, uh, yeah, so his dad's won a championship 2003. Were they CFP or something? That was when Western Kentucky was um, not CFP, but they were in the lower yeah. division. Won it with Western Kentucky. 
His brother won the Super Bowl against him, and now he's finally got a national championship. So pretty cool little household. Man, their dad looks just like him. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. he, looks, he looks like the version of like bad grandpa when Johnny Knoxville dresses up. Like he looks the exact same, just older. Like it's a spitting image. Someone's like, that's got to be the same guy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I think that, I mean, we got some good talking here from college to pro to uh, rookie of the year. I, th- I think the only thing we didn't really hit on was Pro Bowl, which is a joke now. Yeah, any of these things are popularity contest. Yes. It's not who deserves it. It's like who's more popular. So there shouldn't be any incentives for the Pro Bowl, I think, because if you're just going to have a popularity contest, what's the point? Because they had a, one argument there was between Buda Baker and I think it's Anton Winfield. Yep. Buda Baker has his stat line, zero interceptions, zero forced fumbles, zero fumble recoveries, and zero sacks made it to the Pro Bowl. And Winfield, who has three interceptions, five forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and five sacks, did not get in. So why 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 even have Pro Bowl? Why just not do stats? You know, it's yeah. kind of about the MLB All-Star game. It's all popularity contests. Why don't you just NBA. do the stats? Yeah, do the stats for like the top 10 and then have the people vote in the last five or the last 10. Do that. But the people that deserve it aren't getting there because, of, like you said, the popularity contest. So I think it's a joke. And plus now the games that they do, I don't even watch them anymore. All of them don't mean anything. They're jokes. And it's just a fun little time for everybody to go see all their players, favorite players at one spot. So, yeah, I don't know. But anywho, Saban, retired. Belichick, fired. Carroll, fired. A lot of moving parts. The outland of... College and NFL football is going to look totally different in about a month or two. And I'm excited to report on it and let you guys know what happens. So, yeah. I think a solid episode, man. We covered a lot. We didn't get to get We knew it was going to be a a football-heavy episode. Um, We'll get back on some other sports. Coming up on the next one, uh, we got some Wander Franco news. We got some basketball news some big seeds went down in ncaa so we'll get on those next episode oh. that way we could focus on them and then some playoff football absolutely and scores and super bowl wins hopefully we get one more in before the super bowl and then uh, we'll have one after the super bowl and, and how the dodgers have spent just as much on free agency as the rest of the mlb combined what was it one point what billion yeah, it's just they were very close, but yeah, they were over a billion. Both of them over a billion, but yeah. Yeah. That is insane. But they spent then combined what every other team combined spent. <laughs> it's insane. All right, here it is. You said uh total spent by Dodgers in the offseason one point two billion and the rest of the MLB team spent one point two three billion on free agencies so trying to buy that ring baby yep trying to buy that ring so how embarrassing would it be if they didn't make playoffs or lose first round mm. exit stage first round Ooh, yeah <laughs> it'd be like the joker scene where he's just burning the cash you know in the dark night just lights it all on fire just there you go dodgers front office year one so high expectations for them oh yeah 
But credit to the coach, he's there as long as Otani's there. So he's got job security. No joke. Don't screw it up, Dave. Yeah, we'll hit more on that information, all that stuff. I think you got to go pick up the boy, huh? Yeah, I got to get ready. Go get the little man. Yeah. All right, man. Big old boy. Yeah, we'll get this thing edited and out and about as soon as possible. Keep enjoying them. Keep telling people about them. Hit us up. All social medias, we'll keep saying it. Follow TikTok. TikTok has been hitting pretty hard. Um, So, yeah, just reach out if you want something. Like I said, we're going to try to – I'm going to try to reach out to my my buddy and get us some uh, laser-printed hats with the uh, leather patch on the front. Doggy. Try to make some of those for me and you and then maybe have some extra for contestant winners or whoever reaches out or whatever, you know, might have to do some incentives for that. So, love to have you. Shoot. Excited for for 2024, man. Heck yeah, you know, start getting a, a strong base. People emailing in, you know, commenting on videos or whatever, and you know, maybe start getting some merch going out too. You never know. Yep, yep. Only up from here, man. Only up from here. Absolutely. So, or maybe be- we'll uh, maybe we'll hit them with some fire stories next time. Yeah, we had too much to talk about this time. So right. wait. Let's just say we turned a second on into a last on with one of yeah. our firefighters driving last week. Ooh, okay. Well, they dare from that next time. Um, couldn't put a humid on the hydrant. <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right, we'll save that for next time. So Just remember, right. folks, righty tighty, lefty loosey. Oof. <laughs> ah, yeah, I bet some butts were chewed off that one. So. All right, brother. Go get the little man. Good episode. Catch you later. Absolutely, brother. Have a good one. You too, bud.